Hello, and welcome to the Engineering Your Farm podcast. This podcast is produced by the Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Field Agricultural Engineering Team. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Brian Doherty, Field Agricultural Engineer with Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the timing of fall manure and and hydrus applications and hopefully get some pointers on how you can reduce nitrogen losses and get the most bang for your buck with your fall fertility applications. We've got two guests on the podcast today. Our first guest is Christina Tabakhorst, and she's also a field agricultural engineer with ISU Extension Outreach based in Southeast Iowa. And our second guest is Joel DeYoung. Joel is a crops field specialist with ISU Extension, and he's based in Northwest Iowa. So Joel and Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. Christine, I'll start with you and let's talk a little bit about fall manure applications. So what have you been seeing in Southeast Iowa with the you know really good weather conditions we've been having with harvest so far? Yeah, we have had pretty good conditions for harvest. Uh, good conditions last year, but good conditions again this year. We're behind last year, but we're still about a week ahead of the five-year average in terms of timing of harvest. So thinking of like October 3rd, that, that week, we had maybe 20% of corn, 20% of beans harvested. And then um, just recently, as of October 17th, we've had about 43% of corn and 70% of soybeans. So we're doing pretty good. Um, but with, you know, the early harvest conditions leads to, you know, good field work conditions as well. So I had started to see a few manure tanks and semis out. It was mostly just here and there. Um, but even in that first week of October. So the conditions were pretty good that week for field work, um, pretty warm. Uh, we did have a few days of rain the week following that might have slowed people down just a hair, but not really too much. So we've had fairly consistent um, field work since the beginning of October. So I've seen a little bit. And now um, just recently, I saw a few anhydrous tanks on the road. So I'm, I've been seeing it since the beginning of October, I would say, but you know, not nothing crazy, but I have seen it pretty early. So Joel, how about you? Are you seeing any manure going on or other fall nitrogen being applied in Northwest Iowa? Well, uh, our crop progress is probably a shade ahead of what Christina was reporting. Uh, so we maybe have, well, virtually all the soybeans are out and, and you know, depending on your neighborhood, 50 to 75% of the corn that's probably harvested at this stage. I got my first phone call about manure application on soybean stubble before the 1st of October, uh, where a couple of people, hey, the commercial applicator said, we're going to go. I don't care. We're going to go. Uh, and, and they started then. Uh, but a lot of the manure started about two weeks ago. Uh, soil temperatures were still in that uh, 60 degree range, I would guess, or a little more if I look at the data. Uh, and but we got started on the manure because there's a lot of livestock in Northwest Iowa, and, and there's a lot of fear because they remember about three years ago getting frozen out, not getting done. And so uh, the commercial guys put a lot of pressure on on producers to say, "Well, you do it now, or you go to the end of the line." And so they start fairly early. Uh, and hydras pretty well held off. There was a couple out a week ago, uh, but this week, the uh, the week of the 18th of October, has been a little more active as we've cooled down this week. So. Uh, soil temperatures still the first part of the week well above 50, but uh, as we end this week, we're going to see temperatures in northwest Iowa below 50 on that soil temperature range. So uh, we're getting closer to the time frame being encouraged. 
Yeah, just for some context for the listeners here, we're recording this on uh, October 21st. So, Christina, getting back to the manure, how do you know if it's too early to apply manure? We're talking a bit about soil temperatures here. And what are some of the downsides of applying manure too early in the fall? Yeah, so good questions. Um, The first kind of rule of thumb for our manure applications is to wait until the soils are 50 degrees and cooling. And this is because that liquid manure has a lot of the inorganic nitrogen, the ammonium in that manure. So it makes it risky when it's warmer than 50 degrees. And Joel, do you want to touch a a hair on on kind of the dynamics of that nitrogen conversion? I I certainly can. Uh, First, you need to remember that when it's still in ammonium form, and that's the inorganic portion you were talking about, when it's in the ammonium form, like anhydrous ammonia is once it hits the soil and finds water, it becomes ammonium. The ammonium particle binds to a soil particle, so it, it doesn't have that potential on a wet situation to leach. Soil microbes, nitrosomonas and nitrobacter, actually turn it from ammonium to nitrate. And nitrate is a form that doesn't attach to soil particles. So if you get a spring where you have excess water through the profile, we increase the risk of loss and are less able to predict how much is going to be available to the crop. So those microbes work best in the 70 degree range plus in mid 70s range Uh, at 50 degrees, which is kind of our target number. It doesn't stop Uh, the rate of movement from ammonium to nitrates about 20 percent of what we would have at its peak at 60 percent that drop that moves up to about 50 percent of the rate it would be at its peak. If you get to 65, we're at about 70 percent of its peak movement of ammonium to nitrate. So we want to reduce the amount of movement of nitrate as much as possible to keep it attached to the soil, so that if we get the spring thaws or spring rains, we keep it in the zone where that corn root is at. Uh, so it really doesn't stop until about freezing 32 degrees. So we still have some chances fall for some movement. But we want to limit as much as we can, especially with high nitrogen prices, to keep it in the zone where that crop can use it. Yeah, and that's a really good point. It doesn't completely drop off at 50 degrees in cooling, but um, our risk has decreased quite a bit. So that's kind of the rule of thumb we give. But that to say, delaying it to, into cooler temperatures than 50 degrees in cooling is, is even better than at 50 degrees. The way we can know when it is too early, when it's when it's a good time to go is is watching those soil temperatures. And the, the ISU Soil Moisture Network produces maps daily that have the four-inch soil temperatures on them. So you can see by county what the soil temperatures are at around four inches. So when we have manure on the mind, we want to be watching uh, daily to see when we're getting to 50 degrees and cooling. Very early in the fall, that early October time period, we had weather like we were talking that was much above average so um, those soil temperatures were very high in the beginning of October um, as high as 75 degrees down here in southeast Iowa so to me seeing manure that goes out that first week of October when soils are 75 degrees that's a pretty risky thing to be doing for our nitrogen loss so um, we want to be watching those soil temperatures we don't normally see the soils cool, cool all the way down past 50 degrees until well into the end of October, maybe even the beginning of November. So um, we'll know that by watching those soil maps. So uh, I guess compared to last year, our soils right now are still about 10 degrees warmer or about 53 degrees in Northwest Iowa. This is looking at the soil temperature map with the ISU Soil Moisture Network. 
Um, and we're still over about 60, 62 degrees down in Southeast Iowa. So we're, we're not there yet. And looking at the forecast for Southeast Iowa, I do see some cooling weather. So that's gonna help for sure. But the, the average between the daytime high and the nighttime low, uh, we have quite a few days that are around 50 degrees, but we still have a few days that are above that 50 degree average. So I might suggest kind of holding off a little bit and keep watching that forecast. Um, and watching the soil maps to see when we're getting 50 degrees and cooling. Yeah, so we all have a lot of livestock in our respective corners of the state that we cover. So sometimes the pit's full and you just have to haul anyway, regardless of what the soil temperature is. So Christina, can you talk a little bit about you know what can producers do to reduce the amount of nitrogen loss if they do have to haul when, when those soils are still warm? Yeah, so... If the pit's full, that's an issue. Also, like Joel said, there's a lot of people that are kind of just at the mercy of their commercial applicator, kind of pressuring them to get applied. Um, but I would, you know, start by trying to work with your commercial applicator as best as you can to delay that application, you know, convey to them what the research says. Say, you know, I want to be able to use all the nitrogen in my manure. So can you put me off a few weeks, you know, as best as you can. That's only works up to a point. You know, that's kind of the first step. So if, if you really have the issue where the pit's full or the commercial applicator is calling you and it's the only second week of October or something, if you don't have another choice, it really makes good sense to, to use a fall cover crop. And some research actually that you did, Brian, was really great. It showed that if you know conditions are such or the logistics are such that you have to apply early in the fall before the soils are cool, Planting that fall cover crop can really reduce the amount of nitrogen that's lost. And this was in tile flow, I believe. No matter what, when we're applying early in the fall, it's it's risky. We're going to lose nitrogen. Um, but if there's no other choice, you have to do it. You really should be thinking about using a cover crop uh, to reduce that risk of loss. And that research really strongly shows that. And lastly, I guess I would say start kind of looking ahead into the future and seeing how we can prevent this having full pits in the early part of the fall because that's not the time we really want to be applying like we've said so perhaps we start pulling a little bit out in the spring to apply or something like that that's something to think about yeah you mentioned the research um so at the national research farm is kind of northeast iowa area we pretty consistently see on average over the years about a 30 percent reduction in nitrate concentrations where we have that fall cereal rye cover crop versus plots without it And the other thing we've seen there with our manure application is, you know, again, this is going to vary a lot from year to year, but we'll see, you know, 60 to 80 pounds of nitrogen uptake in that above ground biomass. So it is pulling a fair amount of nitrogen up out of the soil profile, you know, a little bit late fall. Most of that's probably happening earlier in the spring. So I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about anhydrous. So Joel, what are some of the best management practices people should be thinking about with their fall anhydrous applications? Well, of course, rate selection is a big key, you know, making sure we have the right rate. Uh, I'll encourage people to think about the um, Iowa State end rate calculator. Take a look at the prices we've got today. Uh, Anhydrous price uh, has been reported $850 a ton up to $1,000 a ton. Uh, So we've we've got some extreme prices this year. So the ISU end rate calculator is, is a summary of massive numbers of plots and years. Uh, last updated in 2019 with most recent data where they drop off some of the older stuff and put it in there to come up with the right number that you need in the mix. 
But that's also assuming we're going to have that nitrogen we apply in place next spring. So to make sure that that happens, we want to make sure we're below 50 degrees and it's going to be cooling. It's not going to pop up to 60 degrees again. We want to make sure it's 50 degrees and below and actually cooling so that we can keep a pneumonium form as long as possible. We could certainly consider using a, a nitrogen inhibitor like an NSERF. Uh, what that does is that that inhibits the nitrous ammonis so that we don't get that movement in the profile, at least for a while. And the warmer the temperatures are when we put on the, the inhibitor, of course, that breaks down quicker also. So we still want that done when the soils are fairly cool. Uh, so that's another key. And then placement, put a placement out there where we want to. But those are the biggest keys we have for looking at it to try to make sure that that nitrogen rate, and we might be shaving that rate a little bit this year. So we really need to make sure it's still in place when that crop needs it next June and July. So what about dry weather? I've been hearing some talk about maybe we're going to have more nitrogen left in the profile this fall. It's been fairly dry over you know, a pretty good portion of the state. So what's your perspective on that and how will that or should that affect our decisions about how much nitrogen to apply or when to apply that? Well, it's true. Uh, if we don't use as much nitrogen because of the, the conditions, we will end up with more nitrate in that soil profile left over from this year. But remember, it's in a nitrate form. Uh, so fall soil sampling for nitrate, even down to the one, two foot depth, hasn't been a very good predictor of what our nitrogen availability is going to be from that for the next year. I can go back to uh, the last really dry period. We, uh, with John Sawyer, a retired soil fertility specialist, we did a lot of sampling one, two, and three feet deep across the state of Iowa in different areas. I had a project here in Plymouth County. I was in a field with 20 bushel corn, 120 bushel corn, and 220 bushel corn because we had different rainfall levels across the county. And, uh, you know, the 220 bushel corn after harvest didn't have a lot of nitrate left. Uh, but when the, we had the 20 bushel corn, we had a lot of nitrate left in that profile. But we had a somewhat wet spring where we recharged a lot of our soil moisture that next year. And truthfully, there wasn't a whole lot of difference between all three. And they were pretty close. All three of them were really close to what our background levels are on an annual basis. So although we have a lot in the fall, uh, unless you have a way to be prepared to maybe cut rates for next year, but are willing to go out there and side dress to make adjustments if we need it using the late spring soil nitrate test, it's pretty hard for me to say that, hey, you can cut rates and get by with it because weather makes a big difference as to what's going to happen as we move forward. Yeah, one of the other things at Nashua that we saw in 2013 is a pretty significant spike in nitrate concentrations in that, that drainage water that following spring because we had a lot of carryover and then we had a wet spring. And unfortunately, you know, as you mentioned, some of that nitrate got flushed out of the profile before the crop even had a chance to use it. You're right. That is very much what is likely to happen if we return to more normal rainfall situations where we have drainage water coming out of those fields. Yeah, so Joel, you mentioned prices earlier, so I'll just throw this question out to both of you. You know, we're, we are seeing some very high commercial fertilizer prices right now. So how does that play into the decision-making for how much to apply or how much value you should assign to your manure and those types of questions? I'll start with uh, the anhydrous rate. Uh, you know, the nitrogen rate as a whole, um, I'm still going to go back to the MRT and the maximum return to nitrogen calculation. It's probably got as many infield trials across the state over a long time period to look at nitrogen response uh, compared, and it's multiple rates compared to looking for the optimum rate. Uh, 
uh, it's an odds chart. And we're always playing the odds because we don't know what the weather is and what nitrogen movement is and what crop needs going to be. But it gives us a pretty good odds chart of where we want to be. And, and uh, uh, maybe you get a little lower, but it kind of gives you that odds chart within that range of what profitability is going to be. And if you can make some adjustments during the season and, and, and are willing to, then we can start even shaving those numbers lower and maybe look at the late spring soil nitrate test to make some adjustments. But that's a key. For the manure side, really, that manure, we sh- should be considering the fertilizer value, which is just as the fertilizer prices have doubled, um, you know, that manure value should be considered twice as much. So we need to be looking at you know, what the, the nutrient analysis for our manure set, says it is, you know, we can look at typical numbers, but um, that value for manure, maybe like a, sw- a swine finishing manure might be close to $65 per 1,000 gallons this year. So we need to be valuing it as such and applying it at the appropriate time. But yeah, considering that the nitrogen value um, of that manure is you know, close to somewhere around half of that manure's value. So definitely think about the timing of our manure when we're applying this this fall. And also um, should we consider some spring application? So yeah, I'm glad you brought up the spring application. I was I was also gonna ask both of you to comment on that. So what are some of the advantages, disadvantages of pushing off these applications until spring? I know especially in the manure side, a lot of people really hesitate to do that or maybe don't have the storage capacity to do that, but what are your thoughts on that? Is that something we should be thinking about this year more than usual? Well, I guess for the manure, people see it as a you know a shorter window, maybe some risks to that, but it makes economic sense to think about spring application. Um, and some of that research that you did, Brian, in, in Northeast Iowa has shown close to maybe 30 bushels per acre yield advantage compared to even fall application that's late in the fall in cool soils. Um, to spring soil. So if we can delay part of our gallons of manure for the spring or take some more off in the spring than we normally do to apply, um, there's a real economic advantage that we could gain from that inorganic nitrogen being placed, you know, when the crop needs it. So there's some some good research that's come out on side dressing um, applications with dragline and tankers. So there's some good research that's come out on side dressing our manure and we can link those in the podcast, but definitely worth considering. I, you know, I would I would add to it. There's a lot of concern about making sure we're timely in the spring, and that's why a lot of producers don't choose to do that. Um, you know, if you get a wet window and the compaction risk increases, a lot of producers don't do it because of that. But like the data for manure, the data for anhydrous or fall application versus spring applications kind of similar doesn't happen every year, but what we do see is uh, spring application on certain weather environments will yield better than fall application. Uh, we see that with your uh, research with manure application in time of the year. And, and so we know that there's a benefit, but we also know there's risks, compaction risk, timeliness of planting, uh, getting a really wet spring. How are you going to deal with that? Uh, so those are also other things that come with it. And on the commercial fertilizer side, uh, there has a tendency to have the nitrogen price increase by springtime. And so, you know, you, you get a purchase price discount in the fall, uh, maybe a little more expensive in the spring. And that also drives some of those decisions. But 
if you're looking purely on the production side, if we can make it work and get the timeliness down, a spring application year in and year out is probably going to give you more benefits and more yield. Yeah, it's really kind of a trade-off of the manure side, the research that I've been a part of. It seems to be in like normal to wetter than normal years. We see a definite yield benefit with delaying that manure application until spring. 2020 was a drier year and we did not see any yield difference. But then there's the trade-off. If it's a drier year, it's easier to get out there, but you're less likely to see that, that yield bump. So definitely a difficult decision that producers need to make there. So uh, kind of wrapping up here, I just want to ask if either of you have any resources that you recommend that we haven't talked about so far that people can go for more information. I'll throw out a couple. Um, I mentioned it before. Uh, do a Google search for ISU N-rate calculator. Pick your part of the state and what crop rotation. Put in the prices of the fertilizer value that you've got this year. Uh, you know, we've had an increase of corn price, but we're really seeing an increase in the nitrogen price. So Take a look at that and see what the odds charts are for different nitrogen rates. Uh, there's a supporting document on the extension store, Iowa State Extension Store. It's called uh, Concepts and Rationale for Regional Nitrogen Rate Guidelines for Corn. It kind of does a really good job explaining that whole process. There's other ones in the extension store. You know, you can go there and search for nitrogen resources. You'll find several. Some might be of use to you. And then uh, Christine is probably going to mention this one. This is one of my Bibles that I use all the time in, in answering questions for manure. It's using manure nutrients for crop production. Uh, I use that publication all the time. I think that does a really nice job explaining uh, discounts, you know, losses, all those types of things we need to consider. Yeah, those are great. And yeah, like we mentioned throughout, there's a couple other links. I'll make sure to get in the podcast notes, Brian, but. Um, yeah, some good research out of, I think, Ohio State University on side dressing manure. So um, I think that's really exciting work and, and definitely worth looking into. And then just a few others on a reminder on the DNR separation distances for that liquid manure. So, but yeah, I'll make sure the links get in the, the notes. Excellent. Christine and Joel, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for being here to share your thoughts on the timing of fall fertility applications. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and feel free to drop us a line with comments or suggestions at engineeryourfarm at gmail.com. And also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at IAFieldAgENGRS. You've been listening to the Engineering Your Farm podcast. Engineering Your Farm podcast.